Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of the Thundering Herds podcast. Today, we'll be talking a lot about the Dallas Cowboys' last preseason game, and we'll be talking about the Little League, Little League World Series and the Major League Baseball game that is happening in Williamsport today. So, the first topic that we have is the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm going to talk about how terrible our now-seems-to-be-third-string quarterback, Ben DiNucci, who threw three interceptions last night. One intercept, well, All three of those interceptions ended up being very big when it comes to the result in the game because they only lost by six points. Uh, but Cooper Rush, he was almost... Like, his passes were precision, very good, nice passes uh, that ultimately both of his drives led to touchdowns. The only two scores that the Cowboys had in the entire game... Uh, the first drive was Garrett Gilbert, and I think that's the only drive that he got. I think so. It was a strip sack fumble, but yeah. after that, we came back. We were winning 14-7 to for the longest time, and then what happens? Ben DiNucci throws a couple picks. They score a couple touchdowns. Throws another pick. We lose the <laughs> game. Like, that's just not a winning mentality right there. No, it's not. The DiNucci experiment should be over. Now, I, think, wanna, I think wanna, Danucci's not even going to make the team. Well, if they put him let on practice, practice squad, squad. If they put on practice squad, I'll, I'll be okay. So, is it Gilbert or Rush going to be the number two? Um, I think they're going to stick with Gilbert for now until maybe they see something <coughs> extremely good from Cooper Rush next game. Cooper Rush did have a really good preseason game, um, technically preseason week two, even though this is the third game we've played. How much could he possibly improve off of last year? Because they cut him. We've had him... F- in our organization, five for what, seasons. Five seasons, yeah, and he's never, he's never been good. He has been the backup quarterback like for two years, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I mean, what I saw yesterday looked good. But Garrett Gilbert, he is he is the prototypical NFL backup quarterback. Um, a lot of players like him at the backup quarterback <laughs> position, all similar skill sets. Colton Coy. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think he'll be the the number two for right now. If we see anything crazy this week, then uh, it's a possibility that um, Cooper Rush will win the second spot. But I'm not seeing that really happening out of Cooper Rush. So <clears throat> I'm actually I actually was pretty impressed with the way the defense is flying around. Yeah, they are playing very well. You know, I. I don't know how big a deal it's going to be, Jalen Smith. I'm sorry, changing your number from the 50s down to a single digit and you know, getting a new jersey number and all that. I don't think you're going to make the team. I think they're going to cut Make him, the team? Oh, he's Oh, horrible. he's going to make the team. Oh, but what is he going to play? It's not like it's not like they're going to get rid of him. He was a pro bowler. I just, I don't what, know. What, uh, how long ago was that? Two years ago. I mean, come on. Him and Van Der Esch are really disappointing. Yeah, they've got some. They've got some youth. They've got some kids in there that they brought in that are playing. That Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons are just playing very well. They are. Micah Parsons might be a Pro Bowler in his first year. And what about the guy they brought over from the Atlanta Falcons? Keanu <laughs> Neal is just—he's a menace. I mean, he's—he's <coughs> he's really good. There's a, re- there's a reason why he's playing linebacker. It's because he's lost a little bit of speed since he's. Since he's on the older side, but he was a very good safety for the Falcons. He made it. He led their defense to a Super Bowl, basically, because he was one of the best players on their defense. And they 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 brought in two other first round draft choice 
cornerbacks that were free agents. Hooker from Indianapolis, who got his first start last night. He's recovering from an Achilles injury. And there's another guy that was an Achilles injury, too, and he was an Atlanta Falcon. <clears throat> I can't remember his name, but he was Ooh. also a first-round draft choice. It's not, it's not a KZ, but his name does start with a K. I know what you're talking His last name does start with a K. Yeah. Because KZ is a safety that we got from the Falcons. I don't remember his name, but I do know who you're talking about. The guy that's disappointing me the most right now that I was expecting more things from is Joseph. I think the kid out of Oregon State Kelvin is, Joseph? Yes. Yeah, the kid out of Oregon State is better. He's, he's, he's out playing, and he's got length, Kevin, he's got height. Um, I think he, Kelvin Joseph could be good if he was 100% focused. And I'm not saying that he's more focused on his music, which is a big deal for him. I'm just saying that I don't think his his focus was 100% on football. And I see the same thing with Jalen Smith. I used to follow Jalen Smith on Instagram, and he didn't really ever post about football. He was always posting about his business called, like, iCryo, which is cryotherapy, which is, like, the what Antonio Brown freezed his foot from. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, but that's... Really, all he seems to be putting on there, it's like he doesn't really even care about football. I think he cares about the fact that football has made him famous so he can do other things, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. There, there's, a, there's a lack of the job at hand. You know, <clears throat> look, at, look at what Emmett did. Look at what Roger Staubach did. Look what Troy Aikman did. All of those guys, even Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson had a cap company, a baseball cap company. A lot of players did this. Earl Campbell Sausage, Nolan Ryan B. But when did they focus that? At the end of their career. Exactly. They did that after they retired. They got with their agent. They figured out where they could invest. They took a little time to understand what they were good at and what they wanted to focus on. They made their money. They were able to focus their money into the afterlife of football. Exactly. A little too early for Jalen Smith to be worrying about this. I think... There's a good possibility. Hear me out on this. There's a good possibility either him or Vander Esch get traded before the season. Oh starts. yeah, I think I think they either get traded or they don't start. Because uh, Michael Parsons is taking one of their jobs. Uh, yeah, Michael Parsons will be taking one. And of their the defensive jobs. line, we've got some depth there. That kid that they brought in that was a late round draft choice, six or seven. He's like his his name's like. A Zakabuke or something like that. Number 75. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. His from name. UCLA. He, every snap of the ball, it seemed like he was in the backfield. Yeah. He was he gets off ridiculous. The ball. And the guy that they got from, from uh, I know Claiborne is going to be going. Is it Claiborne? The guy from Oklahoma? He'll hyper Claiborne. No, that's not his last name. But what was his name? I know you're talking about the Oklahoma. <clears throat> Neville Gallimore. Gallimore, yeah. He hyperextended his elbows. He's going to be on five, six weeks. So some of these younger players have to play, and it looks as I if think Dorrance Armstrong is going to be a freaking. That's the kid from Kansas I was talking he's about. He's going to be a. It took a while. He's going to be a <clears> real end of the threat. year. You could see the end of the year. He was beginning to figure it out, and he was talking about it on the broadcast last night on how he's not just lining up and going. He's studying enough film. He's recognizing at the snap of the ball what they're trying to do to him. He's getting off the ball. You know what I haven't seen this preseason that I've wanted to see, but hasn't really come to fruition real yet? So, uh, last year, probably the most impressive player and exciting player on our defense who actually gave, like, happiness to us when we were on that side of the ball, I'd say was Donovan Wilson, who was number... 
37 last year, now number six this year with the jersey number thing. Yeah. He was <clears throat> making diving interceptions, forcing fumbles on Dalvin Cook, like lighting people up. I haven't even heard his name announced once this preseason, and he's been playing. So uh, I don't really like to see that because I was excited to see him play this year, you know, with Keanu Neal and uh, all the new players that we've got on our defense. I, like, the safety position, I was like, wow, the free safety position is on lockdown because he was playing so well, but I don't know if um, that free safety position is closed, you know? I don't know. I mean, I, we've got, you know, part of the trouble with preseason is this. They've got 90-some-odd players in camp. And for the first three games, they're playing a lot of those guys. You don't see a lot of the starters. There's not a lot of consistency. <clears throat> so you don't really have an idea of what you've got back there. So they really are looking at some of these free agent safeties that they brought in and some of these kids that they drafted to get playing time. It might just be he hasn't been exposed a lot. Maybe he's just doing the first possession or first two possessions with the number one defense and he's and you getting know, off the field. You know, a defensive back's name not being called is not always a bad oh, thing. Oh, it's not a bad thing because they're not throwing over that there. That just means he's doing his job. Him. Last night, for me, the player who stood out, who every time I see, see him, he makes a play and jumps off the page at me or jumps off the TV at me is Pollard, the backup running back. That guy has got, until you actually see it in a game, you do not realize how fast this guy is. When he, oh, yeah. he was in the secondary on a couple of runs last night where you're like, holy crap, and then they got him out of there. <clears throat> and they, they brought in those other two backup running backs that they've the, got. I don't remember their names, but 34 mm. and 37. I yes. think we talked about them last week. I like what I've seen out of them. <clears throat> 34 is Rico Daddle. And um, I don't remember the next guy's name. His last name is like Rudy or something <clears throat> like that. But uh, Daddle had a couple of really good knock your... You can't in say the that. Dirt. <laughs> <clears throat> but, <laughs> oh, he ran some trucks and I do, I do like them. Um... I'd just say that they'd probably get time on special teams and the occasional run if they're <coughs> up big, but I do like them. I didn't see Sewell on Alua in these last two games. He's hurt. He's hurt? He's hurt. That sucks. Yeah. I like Sewell. I think he's going to end up being on a practice squad. I don't think so. I, I think he'll make the team. He I, has a star. You know, if he has a star. That yeah, but I think it's going to be a numbers game. They can put him on the, they can stash him on the injured reserve list and save yeah. for next season. They could put him on the injured reserve <coughs> So I, I, I think I think they have something there. He could probably be a fullback, an H back, he could be a backup running back. He could take up multiple positions. And if he can play any semblance of special teams on the punt and kickoff, he's an invaluable invaluable piece to have on your on your team. Uh, he's never gonna be an uh, an Emmett Smith. He's never yeah, going he's, to be a yeah. <clears throat> number one running back. But he can he can be a short yardage guy on the goal line. He can be a wide receiver circling out of the backfield. He can stand in there and pass protect with the best of them. For a kid who's a rookie coming out of TCU, how many Second people, year. Okay, second year. How many times did you see him stone somebody coming in trying to get to the quarterback? Yeah. He stood big boys up and held them. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> all right. We're talking about that on hard knocks. Really? Him, yeah. Him being able to block people. He's a bigger than average running back. He's huge. 
So, uh, the next topic we're going to get to here is the uh, Little League World Series that has started up recently. Um, tonight is the Indians versus Angels game in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And uh, we got to see earlier, we were watching Hawaii versus... Nebraska. Nebraska. And uh, that's when the teams arrived there. So we got to see Shohei Otani and... Mike Trout get off the bus. Well, for the first 30 minutes of that broadcast, you would have thought that the only person that showed up was Mike Trout. I mean, <laughs> they followed him through the but stadium. I mean, they walked him up to the press box. Mike Trout. Mike Trout sat up there and talked about his kid who's one years old. It's now uh, dunking a basketball in his living room and all this. And, and it's cute. I, okay, great. He's a dad and all that now. <clears throat> He's got a little baby. His life is changing. But he hadn't played in two and a half months. Who cares? I, That's know, not what this is about. I understand Everybody loves it's not what Mike it's about. Trout. But there wasn't as much attention on Otani. There wasn't as, hardly any attention on any specific Cleveland Indian. So I went and looked. That's true. <clears throat> I went and looked at the records. But of I these mean, two Shohei Otani and Mike Trout are the <clears throat> two most famous players in okay. baseball right now. All right. Except for maybe Vladimir Guerrero. Okay. Right but. I went and looked at the records. Neither of these teams are lighting the world on fire. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Cleveland was 60-61, and 61 and the Angels were 61-62. and 62. So they were both one game below 500. For me, what would have been really cool <clears throat> is for them to have moved the Hawaii-Nebraska game up and play the game that played before that. This would have made perfect sense because the game that played before that was... California and Ohio. Those are pretty. That's exactly where they are located. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the, the Los Angeles team should have been should have been there when the Angels were playing, and the Ohio team, which was out from outside of Cleveland, should have been there when the Cleveland that Indians makes were playing. Pretty good sense <clears> to me. <laughs> but that game was concluded. So those those fans, those players were sitting up in the stands after the game was over, waiting for them to show up, but I thought it would have been kind of cool for the for the Indians and the Angels to actually go down and maybe sit in the dugout with those players they during did. the game or something. Oh, they did <coughs> go into the dugout. They went into the but dugout. But it, it was the, the team. Now, the game that we, that we were talking about when they showed up had a three-hour rain delay. So, they got to visit with the players, and all the players that were there in the tournament got to visit. When the game resumed, it was three to nothing with yeah. the last at bat for Nebraska. Nebraska hit a three run home run to tie the game up to go into the seventh. Mm -hmm. Now, there was a big lagging time, three hours between the, the last, between the rain delay and between the home run. And you're emotionally spent. You got to get yourself back up again. You've dealt with this before. Rain delays. You got to get back out there. <clears throat> you're riding on that high during the game. You get all that momentum. Then you get out there. You do something great. It is exhausting mm -hmm. to start a game, stop a game, rally back to tie. That is why in the top of the seventh, Hawaii scored eight runs <laughs> after Nebraska tied oh at three three, God. and they lost eleven to three. That sucks. It does. It, they couldn't do anything right on, uh, when they got back out there to pitch. But, you know, that showed a lot of guts to come in, in after a three-hour rain delay, three. tie the game up. <clears throat> I I know 
from you playing at this age, that this ball field that they're playing on for Little League World Series is smaller than most of the ballparks you were playing on when you were 12? Yeah. It, you know, it's not, it's not the 240 down the line and 280 to center field that you were playing on, but or the big league dreams field where you were playing on regulation baseball fields and all that. But, you know, I love the whole idea of the coaches being mic'd and walking out to the mound and telling the pitcher on the mound a joke and getting them to loosen up and letting these kids be kids. And that was the biggest takeaway from all these major league players. They were astonished. They were amazed to see this place. They were playing they were playing uh, table tennis with the kids in the tent and they were playing wiffle ball and they were sliding down hills on cardboard and they were being little kids. And you know what? That's what baseball needs more than anything. I don't really think, if you look at the major sports uh, channels, networks, that baseball gets as much play on the sports broadcasts as, as, as the other sports anymore. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why baseball doesn't promote more stuff like this. The, the Field of Dreams game, the game at the Little League World Series, they've got to come up with something else to make three events that the fans can get excited about during the season to bring people back because that Field of Dreams thing two weeks ago. That was was so cool. That was amazing. And they're going to be doing that each year. Everybody loves it. And having a team come and visit with the Little Leaguers every year at the Little League World Series and then play a game up the road and all the Little League players get to come see it. That's cool. You've got to reconnect with the base because I think baseball is not as healthy as it was when I was a kid. Definitely not. Football and basketball have taken over. Yeah. So what what, what else do you think they could do? <clears throat> I think that they could I don't know, they they've gotta figure out something around maybe they could do something around the College World Series. Maybe, you know, maybe they could have and They don't play that time of year though, do they? Yeah, they do. They do? Is that when the season first starts? <clears throat> yeah, they're, they're March or April? And wait, when is that? When is that played? Is that played in? I don't remember. May or June? I think so. I think so. I actually don't remember. If it's played in May, I think it's played in May. Why not have? Why not have a exhibition game of of a major league team against one of the teams that got eliminated from the tournament? Like because you've seen you've seen. Major league teams playing single A and double A teams in spring training just get extra work in. What about having somebody like the Kansas City Royals come to the College World Series and play University of Florida? And University of Florida has been eliminated and they're no longer in the tournament. That's a pretty cool idea. Just mix that in there and let these players, some of these players are never going to make it there. They're going to get to mix and talk to, and then you're going to see all these guys that are these great prospects who are going to be drafted soon. They end up, or they sometimes in the with the uh, college World Series, having a lot of these guys already already been have they already been drafted? Yeah, they have. So I already know what teams are going to be on. So you know, maybe you get to meet people in the organization, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. That's just a hypothetical idea to throw out there. But <clears throat> you got to figure out a way to connect more with with the fans and bring people back because. Um, 
or, or figure out some kind of thing like they do with soccer where they have a midseason tournament where you get all these teams that really suck <clears throat> an opportunity to make the playoffs. I don't know. There's got to be some ways to mix this up because baseball's been around forever, but I just I, I think that there's a lot of people that are, that are my age that just still love the game of baseball, but I don't think it's tricked up enough for the younger generation. I think it might be too slow. There has to be special things to draw people back I in. understand what you're saying. <clears throat> so what else do we what else do we need to cover this week? I think right? that's it. Okay. I think we'll see you next week for episode 16 of the Thundering Herds podcast.